Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's good to see you here again. After You all came back after yesterday. That's quite amazing. Thank you. I want to start with asking for some testimonies. Of anybody who wants to come and share something of what happened yesterday, anything to encourage us, um, it's, it's rather nice to get some feedback. Anyone up for that? doing this to encourage the rest of you so <laughs> um yeah i just wanted to say that actually yesterday yesterday helped a lot because words like prophecy actually don't seem so scary now um yeah they're a lot more attainable and i think that um it will encourage us to to ask god for those gifts now that we um perhaps have seen uh, how they can work, and that actually it's not some huge, great, big deal. It's just a gift that God has chosen to give us. Um, and, uh, yeah, personally, God has galvanized me into action, I think. Um, so, as I say, uh, watch this space. Like Sylvia, um, although I'd been in places where prophecy and, you know, speaking in tongues and things was, was done, it's not been something that we've done very often here. And I think it's been seen as being somehow, if not scary, then maybe a bit above where we are. You know, there's a hierarchy somehow. And that on our Christian walk, we're maybe down here and prophecy and all the rest of it's up here and we've not quite got there. But it just was so lovely to hear that we are all that we need to be in Christ at this moment. And that we can have all that he wants to give us at this moment. And he did. Yesterday was amazing. One of the phrases that Angela said that's really stuck with me is she said that we are atmosphere changers. And yesterday afternoon, the atmosphere in this place changed. And it was, you could reach out and touch it. It was that much of a change. It was incredible. Hello, yeah, I want to agree with what you were saying. I think something for me was that it felt like we can underestimate ourselves, but we can underestimate each other. And what you said about how this is God's plan, like the 12 disciples who were a little bit useless in different ways, but were enough that we're like that. Um, and also just it was really encouraging for me personally because I think sometimes you can feel a little bit out um, in the middle of nowhere sometimes. And you maybe think, oh, I'm not really in tune with God. But it was amazing when Angela was talking in the morning. Uh, like, just loads of phrases. There were, like, there were loads of phrases that you said. There were just things that God has said to me recently. Just lying on the lamb and all these things that I'd, done, I'd spoken about recently. And it just reminded me again that we're part of this global vision, which for me is just super exciting. And also... Yeah, it just, everything makes sense when you have that perspective, I think. So thank you. 
I think for me, what really blessed me was seeing God touch people who perhaps in this church sometimes feel maybe they're on the outside a little, not because they are, but they feel that, but God touching and releasing people. And, and I found that such a blessing and people seeing for the, perhaps for the first time what they mean to Jesus and what God's done in their lives in Jesus. And I, I want to encourage every single person who was prayed for, prophesied over, to take those things to heart and that we shouldn't just go away after Angela's gone and it all go. That would be terrible. Um, but God wants to build on it. And that each single person here, I've said it loads of times, is precious and is important to what God is doing. It, it doesn't matter who you are, you are precious to him and precious to us as a family. And I'll leave it at that. Now, do you remember those of you who were here yesterday? I, told, I said to you how in January, God woke me up in the night and said to me to read Genesis 26 about the wells being opened and how I could feel something's changed, something's different. Um, and the wells being opened, it's a story of Abraham who dug wells on his journeys, but then... Um, after Abraham died, the Philistines came and blocked them up. But then when Isaac went through the land, his servants unblocked the wells. And they were fought over, but then there was the one well, Rehoboth, which became Isaac's well. And he said, we now have favor in the land, because there was a well to drink from. And God just spoke to me and said, the wells over this nation are open." The favor in the land for the church is here again. And I could feel something is different. I felt totally different. Something is different. Well, yesterday, um, a friend of mine in Cambridge was texting me all the time when we were back at the farm because yesterday, in Azusa Street in Los Angeles, it's Los Angeles, San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, a group of churches hired the big stadium there and 100,000 people booked in for, you know, they were celebrating the Azusa Street Revival and they had 100,000 booked in. This was a week before. I don't know how many eventually uh, land, you know, turned up and it was on God TV and so my friend was tweeting me all the time what was happening and uh, she was saying, they're just getting out of their wheelchairs. They're just getting out. During worship, they're just getting out of their wheelchairs. But then she said that uh, an, an Australian pastor spoke over this whole stadium. The revival wells have been opened. And she, she did it in capital letters to me because I've spoken on the wells in Cambridge, you know. And... Um, and then she, she texted me and she said, they're all bringing stones. And they're putting it in the middle of the field of the stadium and they're building a well to speak revival blessings over all the nations. And I thought, that's amazing. And, and then I said to John and Helen about this and they said, well, in our daily reading this morning, we read, read about the Azusa Street um, uh, blessing, you know. 
And so God is doing something, and we are living in days now again of stuff happening, but it's how we take it. Oh, well, it's over there. Or it never happens here. It's, it's, it's not by chance we are here telling you this, because something is happening here in this area, and we've got to say, Lord, what are they doing there in Azusa Street? I want. Bring it here, Lord. Bring revival to us. And you see, we carry revival in our own beings. We've been revived from the dead. We are into eternal life. And therefore, we carry revival. I'm not waiting for revival. I want revival to, to bring pockets of it wherever I go. That's my job. And that's your job. Because he lives in us and he's a reviving Jesus. He revives us. He revives communities. He, rev he brings new life. And so, you know, this morning, Father, will you come and do something in our own minds again this morning to bring a revival way of thinking? Not, well, it, you know, it never happens. Oh, look what happened in the past. That's all over. Today is a new day's blessings on you every morning. And I want to ask, Lord, you do something in these areas. For those Alpha courses, let people flood in and get saved, Lord. I want to ask for great encouragement in this area, in Jesus' name. Let the churches overflow. Give such favor. Well, I really believe the church has got favor, but now we've got to walk in the good of it. That's the change of mindset. Because um, Isaac said, we now have favor in the land again. And I really believe the church has got favor. I've spoken a bit on it yesterday um, about the favor from even government sources. And so we, let's walk in the good of that. Amen? Yeah? Well, my title this morning is Invitation to a Party. And I love, Paul, that you sang some celebratory songs, a bit of oomph, you know, a bit of praise, because we are those who come and praise God and worship. He's great. He is so exciting. You never know what he's going to do next. And yet he says he lets his prophets know before he does anything. And so, you know, he's telling you guys, or like Liz was saying, oh, she, God's been speaking to her, and she picked up on things that I said and thought, oh, that, and that's because you're prophetic. You're picking up things because he talks to, to us all the time, and we think, oh, this is me. But it's actually God whispering his secrets into our hearts. And it's not about special people. We are all his special people. A chosen race, a chosen priesthood, a people belonging to God, every single one of us. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've got it all. And you've got such a wealthy father who owns the cattle and never needs to sell them because his pockets are empty. Amazing. Absolutely. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. I'm a, you know, we like a bit of response. You may respond with a good old amen because we are family together here. So the invitation. So you know our God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they dance around each other and they favor each other. They do, they know what each other's doing. They they do everything together. It is a fun relationship. It is a friendship relationship. The one will look to see what the other is doing. Jesus looked to see what his father was doing 
before he did anything when he was here on earth. And they work in cooperation. But you know, they, they are actually happy and they rejoice with each other and so on. A wonderful relationship. And God has made us for relationship with each other like that. But also, that's, we've actually got a happy relationship with him. It doesn't always feel like it. But that doesn't mean it's not a happy relationship. Because if we are happy sometimes and we're made in his image, he must be a very happy God because he created happiness. And therefore, all happiness flows from him. And so, I went to a, a Jewish wedding once. And it was Orthodox Jews. And before the time, we were sent, uh, it was called the menu. And on it was how it will be. It's the marriage ceremony. And then it said, then the vows. And then it said, spontaneous dance. <laughs> now, you know, it's on the list, spontaneous dance. And I wondered how that would actually work. What, what did it mean? I was fascinated. Went to the synagogue and we had, uh, it was wonderful really, because uh, the, the Jewish singing and so on just reminds us of our roots. It's the most glorious sound. And, um, and there was a joy and a happiness in it that I cannot describe. It was a freedom. And they spoke loud. And they spoke during the service. And they passed their comments as the rabbi was doing their th his thing. And the bride and the groom stand under a canopy. And, uh, and the vows are said and so on. And then at one point, he gets given a glass in a, a bag. And, and he stamps on it and he breaks the glass and everybody shouts and I mean this was in South Africa and we are quite loud but this shocked me at the at the shout and the joy in this wedding celebration and uh, even if people were not feeling 100% you could see it touch them it just and it touched me I wanted to run out there and do all the things they were doing because it's very infected, in, infectious, infectious, let me say the right word. Uh, affected, infectious. It was, it's very infectious when there is joy flowing from people. And um, we went afterwards to the reception and the men stood on the one side. It's like the whole reception is dance. And so there's food and people, you know, are going and having some food, but their whole minds are on the dance. And the men stand on the one side and the women on the other. And then the groom gets taken by the men and thrown high in the air. And you... <gasps> but it's with such noise. There's music and the cymbals playing and it's, it's totally... Incredible, and I just felt, I think I'm seeing a bit of heaven. I think heaven's going to be quite loud. I don't think the angels are very quiet. If they all sang glory, glory, and there's multitudes, surely there's so much noise. 
But it was that celebratory feeling that got hold of me, like, whoo, a touch of heaven. And it was, they didn't care. It was, there was no, and it wasn't a South African way of doing things at all. It wasn't, well, you know, it's our culture. This was like foreign to me. They didn't care. There was such a community that they didn't care. And the one enjoyed the, uh, you know, something as much as that. And they twirled around and they did these dances. But it was all so vibrant and colorful. Not only the clothing, but their attitude was so colorful. And anybody feeling down couldn't feel down for long. I thought anybody who needs healing actually would get healed because the joy just flows through. There was not a moment's misery, really. Um, and then the bridegroom disappeared and he suddenly popped up in front of one of the men and twirled him round for a dance. And then he suddenly, and then they go on dancing and then he would, it was like you looked for him. And you don't know who's going to be next and will I be next, you know. And then he's in front of you and you are twirled around for a dance. Um, and what it reminded me of is how it's going to be in heaven. Where the bridegroom just comes and twirls us around and dances with us. Do you ever think about that? It's not going to be all staid and formal. We are just going to, you know, we are ju we're going to be living, but it's all full of the, he's just going to be everywhere. And you never know when he's going to come and ask you for this dance, because he's just there. But you know, when we got born again, and I want you to think about the day that you got born again. Out of the blue, you were standing in a queue with this line of dancers waiting and he popped up in front of you and he said shall we dance yeah shall we dance and he led you into the eternal life dance who's had him come and dance who of you are born again so he must have popped up in front of you and his invitation was, shall we dance? Shall we dance together into eternity? Isn't that amazing? Shall we dance? And, you know, Jesus' first miracle comes from John 2, um, the wedding at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. He quite fancied weddings. He liked, he liked being with people. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And that rings in my head all the time. I must do whatever he tells me. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. 
And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the, field of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. His first miracle was done at a wedding, turning water into wine. And if you think the water, the wine had run out, that means they must have been a bit tipsy already. And he did the miracle. You know what? You know why? Or one of the one of the commentaries, or what commentaries say, is that he saved the father, the bridegroom's father, from shame. He saved the bridegroom from shame and the father, because. The, the bride's family did all the preparations and gave out everything. And all the bridegroom and parents had to do was buy the wine. And they ran out. And the shame in that community would have been so big. And Jesus turned water into wine to break shame. And he comes and he breaks shame over us. He died so that we would be forgiven from sins and our sin, as in turned away from him, but also to break all shame and guilt and all the stuff that we could carry. Look what I did, and look what I am, and look at this, and nothing happens with me. And, you know, and I pray for people, and nothing happens, and a shame comes. And he just comes, and he breaks all that, because he, he doesn't want us to walk with any shame. It's gone. It went on the cross. And he just proved it by turning this water into wine. But he loved being with people. He was called, he was called a, 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 no, well, not the wine, Anna's whispering things to me. <laughs> he was called a glutton because wherever he went, he, uh, he enjoyed food. And so he was called a glutton. And then he had some wine, and he was called a wine bib, and he was called, and he was, but he just loved people. He was never drunk, and he never ate too much, because he never sinned, do you see? Um, but he just loved being with people. He just enjoyed people. Then he would go off to be alone with his father, to hear what his father was doing. But then, it was all about people. He had his disciples around him all the time, because actually we created for quiet places, but also to be around people. And what he's put in us is for people. It's for others. He has gifted us, as I said yesterday, so amazingly, which showed up, yes, you know, yesterday, the one, I, w I went through the list of the gifts, and I said, who has gifts? And you know, some people put their hands up very scaringly. And, um, and others were saying, yeah, but you've got the gift of this, and you've got the gift of that. And, and you see people... Because we are loaded with gifts that come so naturally to give away. We are made for people. We are made for parties. Uh, parties of celebration. 
And this, getting together this morning, is a, is a party. It's a celebration of a whole week and we're all still alive. You think about it. We're all still breathing. We've come through. Some of us have had easier weeks. Some have had difficult weeks. But here we are to celebrate that his blessings are new every morning. They're new today. I can take a deep breath. Forget about what was before because... And today is, I've only got grace for today. And we are just so powerful, so very, very powerful, because we are like him. Who's like him here? You, you can put your hands up. There's not many hands. <laughs> not many hands. Because didn't he say, don't we become like him? And I don't mean we are him. But he's changing us, and he's given us all his inheritance, and everything, all the gifting has been given. I was told, we were telling John and Helen this morning, we have two adopted grandsons and, um, in Cape Town. And we had one biological grandson when our daughter and son-in-law in Cape Town got their first adopted baby. And he was nine days old, and we were in the UK then, and he was three months old when we went back to Cape Town. And I wondered, now I've held my biological grandson, how will I feel about an adopted one? You know, it's, it's what, how will it be? And when we got to the airport, and my daughter put this blue bundle into my arms, I felt the growl. Don't anybody touch him. You're touching, you're dead. <laughs> I'll break your legs, you don't. You know that feeling, grandparents, you know, with a, with a granddaughter and grandson. It's amazing. You touch him. And he was mine. There was no difference whatever. He was mine. And for us, for Greg and I, our, he, the one is 10 and the one is 8 now, and they are as much ours as the others. They are... Ooh, we love them to bits. The thing is, they have our um, son-in-law's surname. They've done nothing to get it. It's just been given to them because they've been adopted into the family. So whatever was Jesus, belonged to Jesus, now belongs to us. We have his surname. That's amazing. We didn't deserve it or earn it. Or it was just given, free. And then, when our uh, daughter, son-in-law, die, these two boys, who haven't earned a thing, will get all the inheritance. Nothing is being withheld from them. They haven't worked for it. It doesn't come down the line to them. It's just theirs. And that is us. We have received everything for life and godliness from Jesus. The whole inheritance package belongs to us. If that isn't a celebratory um, a cause for a party, then I don't know. Do you see? So who is a bit like Jesus here? Do you see? Because it's not what we've done. Yes, but I don't act like him. Our grandsons certainly don't always act like the parents. That doesn't take anything away because they've been adopted into the family. 
It's the most marvelous thing, you know, to be born again. That blows my mind. And you, you know, one goes into society and you see people struggling and so on, or you, you read the paper, or you, you listen to the news and things happen. And you think, how are people coping without Jesus? How are they coping? And we are so privileged to actually be children of God. That makes one, if I could click the heels in the air, it would be one of my passions on my bucket list, you know. Maybe when I see him face to face, I'll get it right. <laughs> but it, it brings out that in me, the joy, the celebration, the dance. And he pops up regularly in front of us. Now that we're born again, he still pops up and he says, shall we dance? Shall we dance? He comes every day with an invitation. Can we dance? Let's dance. Yeah, but life is hard. Let's dance. Let's dance on the days to come. Let's. Let's dance because he is Jesus. He is absolutely wonderful. And you know, sometimes we come across, we want to give the gospel to people. And, uh, and I don't mean beat them over the head, but just let them know that we are Christians and it's about Jesus. We'd like to pray with them. But uh, sometimes we come across as quite miserable. You know? And serious? I need to go and give the gospel now. I must seriously go and give the gospel because it becomes a serious thing. And it's, I don't know, but if somebody's all serious, it's a bit, but if someone's full of joy, if they come and dance in front of me and say, come on, to invite you, let's go to the wedding, I find that is more attractive. And, and I really believe God wants to use you in this village and it's with a joy it's taking people with joy and say, let me introduce you to the one who put a spring in my step and a joy in my heart. And so, you know, Father, sorry that sometimes we come across so miserable to the world. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know? It's like, we're not always attractive. And they think, we don't want to be like them because I'm quite happy in my lifestyle. And look at them. <laughs> Whereas there should be the wedding party in our soul. And it doesn't matter what the conditions are or what we're going through. We've all got issues. We, Greg and I, are working through family issues. And it's awful. But you know, I'm saved. I'm saved. I have something to rejoice about. I'm saved. And out of that joy and the atmosphere changing, because that changes atmospheres, a joy changes atmospheres. And out of that will come such a ministry of healing and deliverance. The demons can't can come near joyful people. And such a flow of the spirit. And to me, that is evangelism. That's what we, if I can say, owe the world. Because we are the light of the world. And the salt of the earth. And therefore, that's what we owe them to go and be like Jesus pop up in front with a grin, saying, is it your day to dance today? Am I speaking to the right people? Anybody up for a dance? And Father, I want to ask for a joy in our hearts this morning, something to have turned, not about our condition or 
what is happening or how old or young or what I didn't do or what I'd failed at. It's about the joy of today. I'm saved. I'm saved. How amazing. And Lord Jesus, we ask, will you come and dance with us? Each of us individually, will you come and dance with us? Will you come and twirl us around, even if it's in our minds? Will you twirl us around our circumstances? Will you twirl us around the aches and pains, the, 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 the questions we have, Lord, the things that we are um, struggling with? Will you come and twirl us around in a dance and free us up to be full of joy so that we become atmosphere changers of joy and whichever home we go into, we just carry the fragrance and joy of Jesus and lead more and more people into the dance of salvation. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.